Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Welcome to Season 4 of Parent Talk, where we strive to parent authentically and continue to grow alongside our children. Hi everyone, I'm your host, Genevieve Kyle, mom of two. We are broadcasting out of the Greater Vancouver area, and we're proud to provide the most up-to-date expert information for today's parent. Our goal is to inspire you to become a more confident, peaceful, connected, and authentic parent. I'm with my co-host, Heather Fox. Hi, Heather. Hi, everyone. Yes, Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk and also a mom of two. We all know that parenting is a journey and one that shouldn't be taken alone. Being the best parent we can be means listening, learning, and sometimes asking for help. Our community will bring you strength and support along the way from pregnancy to puberty and beyond. So today we're talking about helping complex kids and their families thrive. And we have with us today Dr. Nareta Stevenson. Dr. Stevenson is a chiropractor and owner of Strawberry and Sunshine Healing Center and a mom of teenage twins. Welcome, Dr. Stevenson. It's so nice to have you at Parent Talk Podcast. Please call me Narita. Thanks so sure, much for having sure. me. Sure, <laughs> sure. So Narita, big subject today, right? We think, I mean, I don't know for you, Heather, I did. I do hear a lot about sensitive kids or complex kids. What are complex kids? Well, I started working with these kids because I have one in my house. Oh, okay. And um, basically, Jared just, um, he wasn't the same as his twin sister. He was really intense. He needed to move all the time. He didn't sleep very well at all. He uh, projectile vomited. He got eczema. And it was kind of one thing after another with him. Um, and we just kind of went, oh, he's different. You know, we'll just parent him differently because he's a different he's a different child um and so the label to me doesn't necessarily matter some of them have labels like ADD or ADHD or autism or gifted um but what we can see is that they have a gap in the development of their nervous system and they don't respond the same as typical kids do to the environment. And so they have these challenges that come up along the way, um, whether it be at school or medically or, um, you know, even parenting wise, we can't use our typical usual strategies with these children because they require different things. Mm -hmm. How did this make you feel as a mom? So Jared was... um, he he was an early reader so he was reading by the time he was three and so when we got to kindergarten um grade one he kind of hit this peak where he started biting kids at school and he would come home and he just have these wicked meltdowns he would go close himself in his cupboard in the dark and he'd cry for half an hour to school every day and this was a child i did you know i'd adjusted him since he was born i made all his baby food from scratch you know we were doing family counseling and so i had all the tools that i knew how to use in place to support him Um, but i really felt lost at that point and hopeless as a mother because i didn't know how to help my own child Uh, And I'd used all the knowledge that I had, but I always felt like I was missing something for him and I just didn't know how to help him. So how did it and how does it still affect your family? Yeah, so he's 16 now and um, he goes to a regular high school. He doesn't have a label. We chose not to, not to, um, we chose not to assess him in that way. Um, But but we figured out some things that support him. So... um, we're able to look at his challenges as a way of 
seeing what he needs. It's his way of communicating what he needs. So when he's struggling, um, he'll leave class now and go for a walk. Or, um, you know, when he first started high school, the people kept saying to me, you know, oh, I think your son has a bladder infection. He needs to go to the bathroom eight times in a class. And I was like, well, no, he went from a really small school to a class of 30 and we have fluorescent lights. So we have sort of all these new things to him that are overwhelming for his system. And so he goes for a walk to help him modulate and control his feelings so that he can come back into class and concentrate. And it's a great way to, great things to say to exit a situation and you need a break. Yeah, and he's learned how to help himself manage that way, right? So now if he's extra anxious or there's other things coming up for him, I'll look at, it, it's a sign for me to check in. Uh, what does he need? Does he need more exercise? Does he need different food? Does he need less screen time? Um, and so it's his behavior is always an indicator of that he might be challenged by something at the moment. So, so what other kinds of things did you find help? So... Um, chiropractic obviously has been a big part of our family health journey um, and my choices for parenting. Um, and nutrition was always really important too. He was very sensitive to food dyes. Um, his eczema was triggered by dairy. So as soon as we took dairy out of his diet, those kind of things went away. Um, and then counseling and um there's been all kinds of things that we've done for him over the years. He goes to a fine arts high school now, so he gets to move three hours a day because he's a dance major. And um, I'm telling lots of Jared's story. I'm sure he's going to love this when he hears it. <laughs> <laughs> he really is the inspiration for the work that I do. And, and there's so much that we can do to help these kids. We just have to identify what their needs are. What is the one thing you wish you had known then? I think the biggest thing I wish I'd known then is that I wasn't alone. Because I felt like for a little while that I was the only mom going through that struggle with my my child, and that nobody really understood what 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 we were dealing with. Because you know the teachers would say, you know, oh you should try this, and we were already doing all those things. And uh, the doctors would say, oh no, he's fine. You know, it's just an age thing, or it's a boy thing, or it's your parenting. You know, you should parent him differently. Aww. And I was like, you know what, I'm really doing the best that I can. And so you know, I tell my moms in the clinic now, I. I re really want to reassure you, it's not anything you're doing wrong. You're doing the very best you can for your children, um, no matter what that is. And we always do the best we can with the information we have at the time. And when we know different things, then we do better or we do different for them. But we just don't because we don't have that knowledge. So, mm -hmm. I've heard you talk about primitive uh, reflexes before. Can you tell us a little bit more about them and what they are yeah so the missing piece of what i was missing from my son uh, i happened to find in a pediatric training class interesting uh, and it was called neurosensory integration and i didn't really know anything about it at the time i kind of took the class because it was one of the class on the list that i had to for my certification um but i sat in the class and they talked about my kid so that's when i realized that there was more kids like him and uh he wasn't the only one and i wasn't the only one um and so primitive reflexes they help us get born and they help us survive our first year of life and they're part of the sequence of development of our nervous system so um the easiest example is the moro reflex it's the startle reflex so if you tip a baby backwards they'll kind of go <gasps> and take a big breath and then they curl in on themselves and they do that so that they can protect their organs because if there's ever a tiger there and mom can't protect us there and run away from the tiger that they can keep themselves safe and safe and stay alive but by the time we're one we don't need that reflex anymore we can get up and run away from the tiger ourselves so that reflex then goes away and it calms down and it stops being our first line of response um, and what these kids have in common is they still have these reflexes active 
And so the reflexes affect all of our sensory systems and how our brain processes the information coming in. Uh, so a child that still has moroactive might startle easily to loud sounds, or they might get distracted by things in their peripheral vision, or they might turn around and punch somebody in the lineup in kindergarten because somebody's in their space and they're in flight or fight all the time. Um, and so it really affects how we interpret information, how we see the environment. I love how you put it. I can totally relate. I'm sure this is a lot of mom here right now, probably here about, oh my gosh, this is my daughter or this is my son. Totally. Um, what is sensory processing disorder? It's just a really, it's a fancy word for mm -hmm. how the brain interprets information. Uh, and so a lot of our complex kids aren't able to process all the information coming in. And so the information coming in doesn't equal the information going out. And it shows up as a behavior. Um, and it is a little bit like autism in that um, it's a spectrum. So some kids are so extremely sensitive to things. When you brush up against them, they, it feels like razor blades to them. Um, and then there's other kids that it's it's not as extreme as that. So it really is, is, a, is a sliding scale in, in between. So. So you've been known to say that no child wants to misbehave. What do you mean by this? So I have a core underlying belief that it's true. No child ever means to behave badly, that inherently we all want to be good. We all want to be rewarded. We all want to be safe. Um, and so if a child is misbehaving, it's actually their way of communicating that something's going on. So they have a need that's not being met, whether it's uh, food for energy or sleep or um love and caring, uh, there's a need that's not being met. So it's our job to figure out what it is that's driving the behavior and what's making them misbehave. So when Jared was biting kids at school, he needed deep pressure and he needed to know where his body was in space. And that was not something that his brain was able to do. So when we were able to give him healthy tools, uh, like bouncing or chewing gum or a chew toy or a fidget toy or something, there's, there was ways that we could get him to able to meet that need in a healthy way so that then his behavior, that he didn't need to act like that. Mm -hmm. Is there one size fit all uh, solution that parents should look for? <laughs> I think everybody wants the magic bullet. Please just give me the one thing ask, that will help but... <laughs> my kid, right? But uh, no, unfortunately, it's not ever one size approach. And, and children really need to be assessed and as individuals and also the whole family dynamic. So, you know, at, at Strawberries and Sunshine, when we're working with kids, um, it's you know, mom needs to go get a massage while Johnny's doing his exercises. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, then uh, it's really hard to take care of them. And these kids are so intense that the whole family needs to be taken into account as well. So, so sometimes you talk about why Jenny won't wear socks. Can you talk to us a little bit about that sure. story? <laughs> so sometimes as toddlers, uh, sensory processing can show up as things like sensitivity to socks and seams. And, and so a lot of the kids that, you know, have to take their socks off as soon as they get in the car um, or they might be they might not like being in the car seat at all. A lot of babies are sensitive to that, some different types of input if they um, get upset all the time when they're in the car. Um, those can be some signs that their their brain isn't handling all the information that's coming in. So, mm -hmm. so is there anything we should look for to kind of see if our child is hypersensitive? 
Um, so we, I think we all have sensory sensitivities, you know, clocks and ticking things kind of drive me a little batty sometimes, and it's worse when I'm tired and overstressed. Um, but we've figured out ways to deal with that and cope with our own things. Um, I like to use the metaphor, it's like driving through a rainstorm at night. And so if you're on the highway and you have the lights in your face and the windshield wipers going and maybe the kids screaming in the back, we're okay until we have to make a, a decision. Uh, and so if you need directions or we would pull the car over and we turn the windshield wipers off and we'd start to screen out some of that information so that then we can make a cognitive choice. Um, but these kids just aren't able to do that. So if there's things that are interfering academically and socially with and causing the behavior, then it's time to look deeper to see what might be driving that behavior. Mm-hmm. So when do you think someone should see a professional? I think as soon as that mommy instinct kicks in, you know, like I knew that something was different with Jared. I just didn't know what it was. And I didn't quite know who to ask or who to talk to. Um, And there might have been things that I could have done earlier to support him. Um, So I think if there's any part of you that says, you know, something's different about my child, maybe we need some help. Um, you know, talk to other moms and talk to other professionals. And there is, there are lots of different resources out there and we can change the course if we intervene sooner and maybe help it things be less difficult earlier on. So who should we see then? Well, there's lots of different places you can start. Um, I think just start by asking questions. So whether it's to your GP or your chiropractor or your counselor or, you know, whoever it is that's on your health team, um, are there, is this something that we need to be concerned about? Is it something that we need to look into deeper and, and then, and then go from there? Mm-hmm. And I'd like to add here, I find sometime on, in, on the internet, you can see mom talking and then two moms talking and you realize both of their child are sensitive and they make it be normal. Oh, it's fine. It'll be fine. I think it's important. Even if you have some friends that maybe their kids learn to cope with it to still go see a professional because I think it will make it so much easier for them in their lifetime and like you said Narita younger you go more 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 tools you give them in life right yeah and I mean like there are typical kid things you know Jared's a high energy he was a high energy boy but it was like how did we distinguish between you know that's just his high energy and his personality versus um is it something that we, he needs help with? And I think when it's meltdowns or, you know, when there's more than one thing too, I think that's a good indicator if it's, um, so just ask lots of questions and, and, and dig deeper as to why the behaviors are there. I love it. Yeah. So Nerita, we can find you on our panel of expert at parenttalk.ca. Where else can we find you? You can find me at Strawberries and Sunshine Healing Center in Port Coquitlam mm-hmm. and, and at www.strawberriesandandsunshine.ca. Awesome. That concludes today's episode. Heather and I would like to thank you for taking the time to be here and bringing so much value to all of us parents, helping us grow and be the best parents we can be. If you have a question or you would like to join us on our show as a guest or as an expert, please visit the contact us section on our website at parenttalk.ca. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and now also on YouTube at Parent Talk TV. Of course, you can always subscribe directly to this podcast on our website at parenttalk.ca. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and invite you to share it on social media. As we all know, parenting can be hard. So remember, it's important to laugh, Keep learning, cherish your village, and be true to yourself. 
Thank you for joining us and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner. Thank you.